At the end of May, the Brewers lost both Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff due to injury for an extended period of time. Woodruff just returned. Freddie won't be back until the second half. And now, here at the end of June, they lose Adrian Hauser to an elbow injury. Say what you want about his performance so far. But a big blow to the Brewers in yesterday's 8-7 wacky loss to the Pirates. We're going to talk about the implications of Adrian's injury and what's to come for the Brewers in trying to rebound Game two of a four-game set tonight against the Pirates. You are Locked On Brewers. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning. It is July 1st. Happy holiday weekend here, Friday we're feeling good. Got the off day Monday, of course. Maybe you're hanging at Summerfest this weekend. Hope you're having a great start to it wherever you may be listening and hoping that it's your first listen of the day. I'm Dominic Catronio. I'm the statistician for Valley Sports Wisconsin, bringing you all the news and notes you want to know with your only daily podcast dedicated to the Brewers all season long. We post all the video versions of these podcasts also to our YouTube page as well. And you can find us free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Yesterday was a weird game. The Brewers never led. They were right in it at the very end, 8-7 to the final. The real story is Michael Perez. Look, the kid had himself a day, and you tip your cap. What a wild, wild day. Three home runs for Michael Perez. Uh, mind you, three home runs off of three different pitchers as well. His first career multi-homer game as well. One off of Suter, one off of Jason Alexander, and one off of John Del Gustave. Uh, also, O'Neill Cruz hit his first home home run with the Pirates. That kid's going to be a star pretty soon. Uh, the Brewers fall on this one 8-7. to seven. Their home run streak has come to a close as well. They hit a ton of doubles in this game, though. Uh, in fact, they hit a total of six doubles in this game. Uh, two of them by Andrew McCutcheon. The other ones by Colton Wong, Omar Narvaez, Jace Peterson, and Willie Adamas. Also, Christian Yelich added an RBI triple. By the way, his batting average has now climbed over 250. His on-base since going to the leadoff spot is over 400. Things are looking up for him in the leadoff spot, but the Brewers score seven runs and lose. A rare sentence to say, indeed, for these last couple of seasons for the Brewers. The big headline from this game, though, is Adrian Hauser exits in the third inning with an elbow injury. They described it as elbow discomfort, elbow tightness, specifically from the Brewers. He is on his way back to Milwaukee now to have further testing and have an MRI done. He will be going on the injured list, according to manager Craig Council. You can say a lot about his performance as of late. He was not off to a good start in this one. Another big second inning against him. Back-to-back home runs were hit off of him in that second inning. Jack Sawinski and also O'Neill Cruz. Uh, the Brewers were behind the eight ball early, down 3-0 in the second. Fought right back with two in the top of the third. So we're getting right back into things. And then Hauser's injury occurs in the bottom of the third inning. Let's take this first segment to just look ahead at the schedule and think about, well, who's available? What do the Brewers want to think about doing as far as filling that fifth spot in the rotation? Right now, we know that Woodruff's back. And also, we learned yesterday that Aaron Ashby will be returning from the injured list tomorrow and making the start against the Pirates. So that is some good news uh, on the injury front. But as you get Ashby back, you now lose Adrian Hauser. And I know it hasn't been fun to watch Hauser this last couple weeks, but now you may be dealing with a serious injury and losing a ton of innings all of a sudden. Keep in mind, Adrian Hauser 
not only has he had Tommy John surgery before, but he's been throwing a ton of innings over the last couple of years. And when the Brewers talk about trying to take care of their arms and trying to keep guys healthy, threw 142 innings last season, which was a career high for him in a single year. And that's up from just 56 innings in 2020 and 111 innings in 2019. And he was already at 74 this year, so he was already at just about halfway of his innings total from last year. Maybe he was going to surpass that if he got things going. That's a lot of innings to make up when you're already down Freddie Peralta and you've been dealing with injuries all season long. And another random note to think about, too, he doesn't have any options remaining. He, he's been in the league long enough. He also doesn't have any options originally signed by the Astros. Of course, part of the Josh Hader trade in 2015. Hauser is going to be on the shelf. We don't know for how long yet. So who do you look to in the fifth spot? Well, the good news is they're probably already on the roster. It's probably going to be Jason Alexander. Uh, the way things shake out with the off days, too, here coming up in July, the Brewers actually don't play more than six straight days with a game for the entire month of July, thanks to the All-Star break. The next time they play more than six games in a row won't be until August 12th when they have their last long dash of the, one of their last long dashes of the season remaining. They're going to be playing 13 games in 13 days with only four of those at home. That'll be their tough stretch in August. But again, they're in a good spot where they're only going to need to turn over the fifth spot in the order maybe twice in the month of July because of off days. So Corbin Burns goes today. Let's call him the start of the rotation. If he goes every fifth day, as things stand right now leading into the All-Star break, using the two off days you have between now and the All-Star break, Burns will pitch today. He'll pitch next Wednesday in the finale against the Cubs. And he'll also pitch next Tuesday in the opener against the Twins the following Tuesday, the 12th, which would then line him up to pitch the final day of the first half against the Giants on the 17th. Now, he's undoubtedly going to be an all-star. Does he want to pitch in the all-star game? If it falls on a day for him to pitch in a regular season game, he'll pass on it and give it on to somebody else. So the way things shake out right now, if he pitches every fifth day, using the off days still too, if you need to get an extra day out of the off days, he will be pitching the finale of the first half, which means you won't need a fifth starter aside from Next Tuesday against the Cubs, and then next in two Saturdays against the Giants. You'll only need four starters between now and the All-Star break, aside from those two games. That's good news, which is why you don't need to add somebody onto the roster or even call up, say, an Ethan Small, if that's what you're thinking about, for the Brewers. You've got Jason Alexander and Chi-Chi uh, Gonzalez still on the roster right now. Both of those guys can make appearances. And with the Brewers getting Ashby back, that makes things a whole lot easier. If Ashby wasn't around, this would probably require a call-up of Ethan Small. But Ethan is actually pitching tonight for Nashville. So keep an eye on that appearance. He had a great outing. His last go-around, that was against the Braves AAA affiliate Gwinnett. He had 10 strikeouts in 7 strong innings. It was his best appearance since being demoted back to the minor leagues here in the month of June. So... Really encouraged to see what how Ethan can follow up to that because he could end up being a big piece in the second half depending on how things look for Freddie and how things look for Adrian Hauser on their way back coming up in the second half. So if you think Ethan Small is going to be imminently called up, I don't think that's going to happen just because of the fact that the Brewers are in a good spot between now and the All-Star break to fill what would be needed to be two starts between now and the break. I think they're going to be able to make it through that. 
especially with the with the bullpen getting healthier in addition to the uh injury with into the injuries to the starting staff the bullpen has been picking up the slack here as of late so that's the big first thing and now you think about hauser it's been a weird year for him obviously the production is down and he was bummed about it watching his uh, post-game presser with the media just felt like he was getting closer they had been working on a lot of stuff in their bullpens it wasn't quite showing up on the field, so they were just going to getting back to the lab, and now they have a major setback with his elbow. Want to see him get back healthy, see if he can figure things out, because, hey, the break worked really well for Brandon Woodruff, who says it can't work the same for Adrian Hauser if he comes back, say, in August, if it is something that needs him to put him on the shelf for a little while. And again, he's already had Tommy John surgery, so anytime you talk about tightness around the elbow... You kind of hold your breath. You're thinking, oh, man, when you've already had Tommy John once, you're still susceptible to having it again. So fingers crossed for Adrian. Let's see what the imaging looks like coming back here from Milwaukee. Let's talk a little more about this wild game. What were some silver linings in this game, too? Before we do that, I want to tell you about one of our most popular sponsors, BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. I bet you didn't have the over in yesterday's game. 15 runs total in that one. That was a wacky one. Find the latest sports developments, league league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball, of course. You've got NBA free agency starting yesterday. Apparently, Kevin Durant wants a trade now, even though Kyrie's coming back. Apparently, he's going to the Suns, Jalen Brunson's, and Nick. All this stuff can be found on betonline.net, the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news. They've got MMA, boxing, golf. There's a live event this week. There's the John Deere this week. you got the Open coming up in two weeks. Fun stuff happening at betonline.net, where the game starts. Yes, Perez, the catcher who wasn't really hitting for much, hits three home runs. He goes four for four. The big thing that I circle from this lineup today, 7-8-9 for the Pirates, uh, specifically 7-8 uh, between Jack Sawinski and Michael Perez. Let's go 6-7-8 to include O'Neill Cruz. They had all five of the home runs. They scored seven of the eight runs, and they drove in all eight of the runs. 6-7-8 in the Pirates' order. O'Neill Cruz, Jack Sawinski, and Michael Perez. If you're mad about Michael Perez hitting three homers, it was a flash-in-the-pan type performance. Kudos to him. You tip your cap. What a night for him. He'll never forget it. And the Brewers, they were behind the eight ball in that third inning with Adrian Hauser. Suter comes in, gets the ground ball double play, tosses a scoreless fourth inning as well, or gets the two-run homer, I should say, in the fourth inning to Perez, and then scores, throws a scoreless fifth inning before handing things over to Jason Alexander. And again, the Jason Alexander bullpen experiment experiment is just not working out. He is a starter by trade, and that is where I think he is going to succeed the most as a starter, getting the flip lineup cards over, working his sinker, working counts. The changeup looked really good yesterday, to be fair to him. But in the best position for him to succeed, I believe it is in the starting rotation, whether it is in the big leagues or in AAA. I don't see him being as a multi-inning reliever like they're using him right now. Silver Linings was that ninth inning, too, for the Brewers yesterday. Three runs in a ninth inning, getting up off the deck against the closer of the Pirates, David Bednar. So maybe that puts a thought in the back of his mind for the rest of this series. And remember, this is the first loss all year to the Pirates. Okay, they're 6-1 against Pittsburgh. You're going to lose games that against teams you're better than. That happens in baseball a lot. Recover, flush it, move on, go win this series this weekend over the holiday weekend. 
That ninth inning really started inauspiciously as Tyrone Taylor actually lined out to open the inning on a jam shot. So you're thinking, all right, they're just going to fall over with a whimper down 8-4. to four. Then Jace Peterson, an innocent single into left field. Yelich hits a hard single into right field. It was deflected by the second baseman. And then Willie gets himself off the deck, his first hit in his last four games. He hits a double into left field. It scored Jace. It put Yelich to third. And all of a sudden, you blink and wait a minute. The tying run's coming to the plate. Oh, my God, it's Rowdy Telez. They fought. They got balls in play when they needed to, but they didn't, again, get the big hit. I made a, uh, an appearance uh, up on uh, Green Bay Radio with Marcus Johnson and Chris uh, earlier yesterday and talked about what would be the key for the Brewers and the Pirates. It was going to be runners in scoring position because it is a pitcher's ballpark, even though the Pirates didn't make it look like it yesterday. It is a pitcher's ballpark. So being able to use small ball, get guys over, the Brewers went four for 16 with runners in scoring position. They were giving themselves plenty of chances. All the doubles, six doubles, as we mentioned, including the triple from Yelich, making it seven extra base hits, but four for 16 with runners in scoring position. Yes, he scored seven runs, but it felt like he still left a ton out there. Brewers actually out-hit the Pirates in this one, 12 to 11. They only drew three walks as an offense, and they only yielded two as a pitching staff. It wasn't a terrible game aside from the home runs. You just can't live by allowing multiple two-run homers in a game. And in the end, that third homer by Michael Perez off of John Del Gustave turned out to be the difference in this contest. Let's talk about the strike call briefly to Colton Wong. I am in favor of robo-umpires. I have been saying that since the offseason. It's coming. I've heard from folks in the minor leagues. There are fans of it. There needs a little bit more refining, but it's a lot closer than people are giving it credit for. I don't think it's coming into the game next year, but it's coming soon. What that strike call to Colton Wong, granted it didn't end up hurting him because he ended up getting an RBI single with, you know, that made it a two and two count. Suddenly down to their final strike, Ron Culpa, dude, that was awful. And it wasn't the only strike call he missed. He had a consistently wide zone, coast to coast, and a very deep zone as in low. Pirates were frustrated. Brewers were frustrated in the ninth. It was a ginormous zone. Uh, buckle up, y'all. Angel Hernandez has the plate tonight. This is the first time the Brewers are seeing Angel since that Sunday night baseball game when he had the plate for Eric Lauer and Kyle Schwarber lost his mind on a called strike three against Josh Hader. And Angel is going to be calling balls and strikes for the reigning Cy Young winner, Corbin Burns. As to use a line that is used a lot in baseball, hey, he doesn't need any help. Angel's known for having a big morphing zone, so we'll see what we get out of Angel tonight. But Ron Culpa, man, that was that was a weird zone yesterday, man. I, I just didn't understand what was going down. Two sinker ball pitchers. Brew Baker pitched well. Brewers had no answer for his breaking ball. They swung and missed 17 times against Brew Baker in yesterday's game. 12 of those, or excuse me, 14 of those were against curves or sliders. No answer at all for them. So for the Brewers... It's just the swings and misses continue to catch up with them. They still only struck out eight times as a team. But the amount of swings and misses in key spots was so frustrating. The Brewers would get a leadoff man on. Like McCutcheon had a leadoff double in the uh, top of the second inning. He didn't move from second base. That's the kind of stuff that frustrates a lot of fans and trying to get things going. They never took the lead. They made it close in the ninth. But another silver lining in this one is McCutcheon continues to stay white hot. I mean, he loves sleeping in his own bed back in Pittsburgh, clearly. But over his last 22 games, I mean, just look at his month 
of June, even despite having that really cold start to the month. Remember, he was over in the very beginning of the month. He went over 40 at one stretch, going back into May, into the first week of June. He finishes June with a 314 or 315 batting average and a 911 OPS, five doubles, four homers. He had more walks than strikeouts in the entire month. Good news there from Andrew McCutcheon. Just saying, I got some receipts on y'all complaining about his signing. It's been really working out well for him. Uh, Luis Arias went 0 for 5 in this game. He did get an RBI ground out. Rowdy Telez went 0 for 5 with an RBI ground out as well. Neither one of those guys had themselves a day. Wong continues to hit the ball well coming off the IL, which is encouraging to see with him in the five hole. It's a weird day. We're not going to sit here and harp and have a pity party. You lose games. It happens. All right. Let's get ready for game three, or game two, rather, here tonight in just a moment. Brewers and Pirates, game number two. And here tonight, Brewers will be handing the ball over to Corbin Burns, coming off of great, great work against the Toronto Blue Jays, working into the eighth inning. Burns has already faced these Pirates this year. Remember, he saw them back at American Family Field. He pitched very, very well in that game. Really started to click back into gear. Seven innings, 10 strikeouts, just two earned runs allowed on two solo homers. Nearly a great game for him. Only allowed four hits in that contest and no walks. So for Corbin Burns now, here uh, in the last four starts as he begins June, his last four starts begins July, I should say, as he finishes June, opponents at 169 in his last four starts. He went 3-1 and one with a 2.16 ERA in those last four starts, and that includes... That start that only went four and a third against the Phillies at home in which he took the loss. So he's won his last three games. And if you really want to make it impressive, just doing those three games, 20 and two-thirds innings, 27 strikeouts, just four walks in that stretch as the Brewers have won all three of those games that he has started. Overall, they are nine and six in games that he has started this year as he gets ready to face these Pittsburgh Pirates going up against a young prospect, Roansi Contreras, who made his big league debut last year. I talked about him in yesterday's episode briefly. Young, 22 years old out of the Dominican. He's pitched a little bit as a reliever this year. He's now making his eighth start as well. He appeared three times in the beginning of the year in April, was sent back down to the minor leagues, and now has started consistently since the very end of May. He's about a five-and-dive type guy, but he'll get his strikeouts. The question is... How many walks is he going to have? He had five walks in his last start against the Tampa Bay Rays in five innings of work. Over the month of June, he threw a total of 24 innings. He had 13 walks, 24 strikeouts. But of those 13 walks, uh, a total of seven of them came in his last two starts. So half of them came in his last two. Keep that in mind. Control could be an issue for Contreras in this one. Brewer's bullpen, though, is ready to go now since you use Suter and Alexander and then Gustave there for the eighth inning. But Brewers needed the day for their bullpen, and they got it in the circumstances they didn't exactly want to get it. And you have Hayter and Williams and Boxberger available. You've got God available. Milner's available. So everyone's ready as soon as you take a lead. And with it being a four-game set, the Brewers do return home coming up for three Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for the holiday for the 4th of July with the Cubbies, and then they get an off day at home on Thursday before three more games with these Pirates, and then another off day before going to Minnesota. So things are looking good as far as availability out of the bullpen and getting guys days off here before the end of the first half. 
They are all pretty much available in today in high leverage situations. Brewers are now 44 and 34. The Pirates are now 31 and 45. And in case you're wondering, since it is July, we can go ahead and take a quick little peek at the scoreboard. The Cardinals were idle yesterday. So the Brewers are one game up currently in the uh, National League Central standings. Let's go ahead and take a quick peek. We haven't looked all that much at the minor leagues this season. Uh, take a peek at Nashville in yesterday's game. Dylan File took the loss in a 4-3 game. They lose at home at First Horizon, First Horizon Park against the uh, Indianapolis Club, uh, the Pirates affiliate, ironically enough. Brewers had Dylan File start. He took the loss. Lucas Ursek allowed one earned run in relief. Connor Sadzek threw the final two innings of this one. Offensively, Bryce Terang, he goes one for four with an RBI. Uh, no extra base hits in this game for the Brew crew. And then as far as the top of this order, Pablo Reyes continues to hit well since going back down to AAA. And don't forget about this guy. Know who's coming back. Pedro Severino. Yep, his suspension is almost up. Remember, he was suspended 80 games on opening day this year due to performance-enhancing substances. Well, the Brewers are getting ready to play game number 79 here today, which means on Sunday, after game 80 on Saturday, on Sunday, Severino is eligible to return here in the 2022 season. So far in the minor leagues on his rehab assignment, he's hitting 273, a 697 OPS. He's got one homer, 12 hits total, uh, five runs batted in. He's played uh, t- both for AAA and AA, Nashville and Biloxi. See what he can do. If they bring him up, cool. What are they going to figure out? He's just also slow so far in AAA, just two for 21 in AAA right now. I don't know what the Brewers are going to do with him, what their plan is. Are they going to carry three catchers? Are they going to play him at first base when they want to give Rowdy a day and make it like a mini platoon for him being right-handed facing lefties? Just remember, Severino is eligible to come off of the restricted list on Sunday. And with that move, mind you, when he does come off of the restrictive list, if the Brewers don't outright him and want to keep him in the organization, you have one spot available on the 40-man roster. So when he does get added off of the restricted list, it will be a full 40-man roster, which means down the road, when Freddie Peralta eventually comes off of the uh, 60-day IL, you will need to add him back to the 40-man roster, as you will with Jake Cousins, and you will if Justin Topa pitches this year too. So there is one spot available on the 40-man roster right now, which you would figure would go to Severino on Sunday if he does rejoin the team that quickly. That's all. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Nothing crazy. It's not fun to talk about losses, I know. Don't overreact. Brewers put up a fight. It happens. You're going to lose games. You play 162 for a reason. Brewers might be looking to hit the phones, maybe work on a trade here pretty soon, depending on the health of Adrian Hauser and the return on his MRI. Remains to be seen, but... Welcome to July. It's about to start getting real, y'all. It's going to happen real fast. Once you hit the all-star break, the rest of the season seems to blink. July 1st, enjoy your weekend. Hope you get to catch it at Summerfest. We will see you on Monday next, right here, same time, same place. If you're at the ballgame on Monday for the 4th of July, wave to the booth. We'll wave right back. I'm Dominic Catronio. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep on swinging. You are locked on Brewers. Your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.